David Green is the founder and CEO of Hobby Lobby. He grew his company from a $600 mom and pop shop to an $8 billion company that gives away 50% of its profits. And he learned his success strategies, not from business gurus, but from the pages of scripture. David, thanks so much for joining us on Takeaways. Hey, we're honored to be here. Well, we are, are so interested in your leadership strategies, and we're gonna talk about your book, um, Leadership Not by the Book, in just a little while, but um, can you just share with us a little bit, uh, what was it like starting a business out of your garage and then growing it into more than 900 stores across the nation? I mean, how would you describe that kind of success? Well, it's over a long period of time. This year is our 50th year. So we started in 1972 borrowing $600 from the bank. And our kids, we, we made uh, frames in our garage is how we started our first uh, business. And from that profits from those uh, frames that we sold, we opened up our first store, which was 600 square feet. But my two boys glued frames together and we paid them seven cents a piece to put these frames together. My wife worked the first five years with no pay. So that's kind of how we got started with very, very little. Wow. Wow. And, and, and now you have been in business 50 years. 50 years. Celebrating year. 50 years right. of success. And from $600 <laughs> borrowed to now the size of Hobby Lobby right. is truly amazing. Well, God has been really good to us. We got great people. Our family's been involved. And uh, so it's been a real, real fun uh, venture. We have 980 stores now. And Oklahoma City is our only warehouse. We have a warehouse there that's 11 million square feet. And we're adding another 2 million square feet. So everything that's shipped in the United States in 48 states is shipped from that one warehouse. Now, I've heard that business students come and they see your stores and they start to analyze all the things that are going on. And it's not always lining up with what they were taught in school. And they think this shouldn't be working as well as it is working. How do you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, a lot of things that we do are just not the same as the world would do. And I, I would hope and think that what we're really trying to do is find, find biblical principles in how we operate our company. And it has, very, it has served us very well. So God has been good. We're a company that actually has no debt. And, so, uh, and we own all the stores. They're not franchise stores. So God has been good. And we have had a lot of fun. But there's been a lot of... Uh, Tough times like anything, I guess, yeah, during, the, during the process, but in the meantime, God has blessed us. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think I would hear the same answers coming from other uh, huge companies. You keep giving thanks to God and attributing this to blessings, which is so refreshing for us to hear. Uh, and, and I believe that that has something to do with why you're so successful. We, we know it does. We know it's because we've tried to follow his, his, uh, the scriptures and try to do things the way that we, would be pleasing to him. Mm. But we also see our business more as a ministry and really not a, a family business, but more we see it as a, a uh, ministry to, to bring on and let people know about the good things of Jesus Christ. And you have such a family focus. You know that the moment you walk into Hobby Lobby, and if anyone knows your family, family is way up there on the priority list. When you're growing a company that's growing so fast and so large, how do you keep your focus on family so healthy? I think that once you, you just have to know, I think as Christians, we should know that our family is more important than our business. And in fact, when I get our leaders together, I let them know, I said, 
The easiest thing for us to do is be successful at our business. But the most important things is our marriage and our family. And mm. those are the things that you really need to give a lot of time and attention to. I don't worry about the Hobby Lobby time because if they care about their family and they care about their children and they're going to take care of the business. So I just think that we all should take more care of our family than we do sometimes our career. What role does faith play in not just your personal life, but in the Hobby Lobby stores? I think it plays everything. Uh, I, I don't think we could do it without faith, nor would we want to do it without faith. Because things, we see things in, in light of eternity. In, in this world, everything is so temporary. So our whole thought pre process is, does this matter a thousand years from now? So faith is really ingrained in us. Mm. On our wall when I was a kid, there was a, a saying that said, we have but one life, soon it shall pass, only what's done for Christ will last. And I think we, our, the six kids that I grew up with, we, we bought into that because we should, and it is God's word. And so I think that's part of why faith is so important to us mm. in our business. I'm really looking forward to getting into your leadership book here in just a minute. Uh, but I know that one of the principles you have really bought into and you are a, a strong proponent of is servant leadership. And we've heard that here and there. People talk about Jesus was a servant leader. But what do you mean when you say servant leadership? I think a servant leadership really means for us that we really care about other people's families. And what can we do to do the very, very best we can so that we're helping the family uh, and, and we have a lot of classes at our warehouse in terms of marriage and raising children, things of that nature. So we want to come alongside our employees and do the very best we can to help and support their families. Hmm. Of course, closed on Sundays is one of those things and closed at eight o'clock. And uh, we're only open 66 hours a week. And I don't think there's any company of any size that only open 66 hours a week. And that all has to do with really caring about our families. That is so good. And that makes people want to be a part of that culture and work for a company like that that values their family as much as they do. Boy, that just makes sense. <laughs> it, it does make sense. I like to say that uh, we do it because it's the right thing first, but secondly, it's good for business. You, you've also talked so much about practicing generosity up to the point where you're giving away 50% of the profits of the company. How have you been able to be so generous, giving so much away and still keep the lights on? By being just so generous. Is that too short of an answer? <laughs> By being generous is how you're able yes, to be. I believe that God has blessed us because we know it's not ours and we want to do as much as we can in ministry as we possibly can. And I think God is, has rewarded that. Uh, I don't think we do good to be selfish for ourselves, but we do good and want to be bigger and make more profit to do more in terms of ministry that we're involved in. And so much of that generosity has flowed into one of my favorite places to spend time, and that's at the Museum of the Bible. I was just there recently uh, for the movie premiere uh, of a, a beautiful true story about the value of life and the beauty of adoption. And... I got to actually hang out there for a couple of days and it is just fascinating to look at the, the history of the Bible and the impact of the Bible and how many things in our culture today are uh, here because of the Bible. And Hobby Lobby has had a huge uh, influence and, and the reason why that place even exists. Uh, why, why is the Museum of the Bible important to you? 
because the Bible is important to us, the Bible is so important to our lives, uh, to our marriage, to uh, our business and every part of our lives. We just felt like that God, God's word needed to be put sort of on a pedestal and we needed a world-class uh, museum. And we just thank everybody that's come alongside us and helped us to build that museum. And we're very proud of, of the end result. Uh, my son uh, led that charge, uh, Steve, and uh, uh, we're excited about being in Washington, D.C. Well, I, I can say for those of you who have heard about the Museum of the Bible, uh, or maybe this is the first time you've heard of it, if you've never been there, you've got to go. It is so inspiring. It is encouraging. It brings the Bible stories to life. And then you see the archaeological evidence and the manuscript evidence that just demonstrates the credibility, reliability of the scriptures uh, as, as a trustworthy book to frame our life. And you've absolutely got to go. And technologically, it's just, it's, 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 to me, unparalleled with the way you use technology to bring the Bible to life. We had a lot of great people to come alongside us. Uh, that's the first uh, museum we've ever done. We've done a lot of stores, like 980 of them, but that was a big project, yeah. and we just thank God and all the people that come alongside and helped us, and we're real proud of the end result of what God has given us. David, um, you wrote this brand new book, Leadership not by the book, in which you're revealing your secret recipe for success. Now, why would you do that? That's like Chick-fil-A telling us all how they cook their chicken or In-N-Out Burger revealing their secret sauce recipe. You know, I had a lot of my officers ask me not to do this because they thought we was giving too many <laughs> right. secrets away. Right. But I don't know that they're secrets because you're going to find most all of them in the Bible, probably all of them in the Bible. And that's just trying to f do things the way that you feel like that God would have you to do them. So okay. that's probably the secret. The one, if there's one secret, that's, that's it. And uh, so... We also wrote it because we thought it was important to, uh, we had problems of what to do with a company that was worth a lot and how we were going to treat our family in it. So uh, if I can help someone in that environment to know what to do or possibly some different ideas, then we wanted to write the book for that reason. Well, that answer almost sounds too obvious or, or too simple, but because we think, well, I've read the book of Proverbs and, I'm, and I don't have a multi-million dollar uh, company, that's why I'm excited about this book, because you're distilling those godly scriptural principles down uh, into something uh, that we can use. So if you love leadership books, this is the one uh, to check out. Leadership Not by the Book by David Green. Okay, you've come up with 12 success principles in the book, and you've grouped them into three categories. Uh, I'd love for you just to briefly explain each category. The first one is God-centered practices. Yeah, I think there what we're trying to do is uh, just say that um, we need to consider what would God do in, 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 in everything we do. And just like uh, caring about our people and uh, not just there to make a dollar no matter how we did it, mm -hmm. no matter what we did, but we really want to make sure that uh, we center our thoughts about uh, other people. And I think that's what has helped us in, 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 our, in pursuing what God would have us to do. So we have God-centered practices and number two, people-focused practices. Yes, I think uh, it's so easy to get in there and just be worried about the bottom line. And I think the bottom line is improved when we do uh, the things with people and, and come along and, and, and hold their hands, I call it, at, until they're ready to give a lot of responsibility. And uh, that's what we would prefer to do uh, and, and try to do. 
Yeah, and sometimes that must take more time, more energy uh, to be investing in people uh, rather than just the bottom line. Even though the bottom line is important to take care of the people, you're focusing on the people more than the bottom line and letting that take care of itself. Yeah, it does take care of itself because mm. that's, that's what makes you successful or not is your organization. We have, uh, all of our officers have, on average, have over 25 years experience. So we're really proud of the fact that we've been able to obtain, retain people and uh, that's really healthy for us is to retain people for the long haul. Mm, that, that is so good. And then the third category you outline is common sense practices. Yeah, there's a lot of common sense things that we do that, uh, that I think are common sense that may not just add up to somebody else. Like we think it's common sense to close on Sundays. Well, you wouldn't think that's common sense, but for us it is common sense because it allows people to go to church or to have a day off, have a day of rest, and it goes back to, do we care about your family? Well, you need a day off. So in the retail business, there's a tremendous amount of hours being worked into just about any place you go. The hours are just really difficult. And so to have hours uh, for people that make sense and that kind of a balanced work life is really good for business. And this is one of the things that we try to do. Yeah, that's, that's so good. All right, I'd love to unpack some of the principles that you've uh, applied at Hobby Lobby and you outline in the book, uh, beginning with this one, give the true owner the vote. What is that? I think uh, when you have a, a large business, or whether you have a large business or not, sometimes in life you need to, you're making decisions, and we try to find a way to let God vote before we do anything of any any size. So we just we we just find ways to do that because, for instance, if someone offers to sell me some property or something, I may I may throw a number out there that knows it's a miracle if it works. So I want to make sure that when I'm going forward, because we can make a lot of things happen. We don't want to make a lot of things happen. We want mm. to make sure what we do, God agrees with it. Uh, how about this principle? Listen to and obey the Holy Spirit above all. You know, I try to have it a habit of, there's two or three scriptures that I use just constantly every day. And one of them is pray without ceasing. I think God asked us to, to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's what I need to do in business because you have challenges every day. The other scripture is that God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Mm -hmm. So I like to see God with me all the time. He's always there. Pray without ceasing. And then the other scripture that I put together there is you have not because you ask not. So if I'm praying and I'm asking and I'm asking, I'm walking with God, I'm doing it in His will, not something that's, that's for me. How about this one? Maximize risk for the right reasons. What yeah, I think that risk is okay and it goes back, I think that also goes back to make sure when you do that, that you're in line with what God would have you to do and your obedience for Him. But you do need to take a certain amount of risk, but you're doing it for the right reason. You're not doing it to, for your own income, but you're doing it because you want to see, you want to do more in the areas of ministry. How about this principle? Build for 150 years, not just the next generation. Yeah, I think it's so important that we think about our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids. I think that's the most important thing in my life is my family. And I think that that I need to focus on family and to make sure that the business is here to where that it is here 150 years uh, from now. And that's how come we've set up our business to where really it's a ministry and we really don't have ownership the way we've set it up, but it is a ministry. David, what are some of the strategies that you can use to focus your business on your family and, and uh, 
make sure that it's prospering generations in the future? Yeah, we've done a quite a bit in, in terms of setting it up to where that there is no ownership. The 100% of the voting is done with our family. And so uh, what's happened in the future, it's really a paradigm change between ownership and stewardship. We are stewards and not owners, not because we say so, because the Bible says that he, uh, he owns everything. So how can we own something? So our goal is to have our family to see the business as they owe it instead of it owes them. No one in our family gets anything that they don't earn. And I've got a great family, but we all get what we earn based on the job that we're doing. And we see it as a ministry. If you see it as a ministry, you're, you're trying to figure out what you can do to help the ministry rather than this business is the family and it owes me something. So there's a paradigm change between mm. stewardship and ownership. Uh, I've got a few more here. Defer to your people. Don't just listen to them. Defer to them. I think it's very important as much as possible that you come alongside your, your officers and the people that I work with, and that is to listen. I think for me, I never like to go forward unless I know if the team is not with me, then I'm not ready to go until they're ready to go. Mm. And so I think that happens by listening, and they li you listen to them, and they listen to you, and you usually can come to a consensus, and you can move forward. Uh, moving forward because you have the authority is not really, really smart. Uh, I think authority is the last tool in the toolbox you should use. I think mm. you ought to come alongside. Sometimes you can look really crazy by doing something without seeing someone else's opinion. And uh, if you do a, that a lot, you're not the leader. No one cares to uh, follow you. But if you come alongside your employees before you make a move and you get their ideas and you come together, 99% of the time you're together and you can move forward. You also talk about the 5149 principle. What is that? I talk a lot about that because just about everything in life, when you make a decision, it's not like a hundred zero. It's more like a, oh, everything has positives and negatives, everything. And so kind of we talk about when we're discussing as a group of how we're going to go forward, we discuss, yes, there's negatives, but there's positives. And so we're trying to come together with common sense, I think, is the right answer to get the right thing going forward. And we do that by, I think, coming together and listening to everybody that's involved in that particular area yeah. of the business. Yeah. Sometimes common sense is not so common. No, that's right. <laughs> uh, how about this principle? I love this. Get into the weeds, not the altitude. What does that mean? I think what that means is I'm the CEO of the company, and uh, I tell people sometimes it doesn't take me that long to be CEO because that's great. Get a great organization. And for me, I've got a great attorney. I've got a great person in accounting and so forth. But then uh, because that doesn't take as much time, I like to get into the weeds because that's where a lot of the changes are made in retail and buying and selling merchandise. And so that's one of the things that, that I think we all have to do is we have to get in and really understand the details. Um, I love this one, choose simplicity not perfection. These are principles of the Hobby Lobby organization. Um, and, uh, and, and we're talking to David Green himself about these things. What, what is that about? Choosing simplicity rather than perfection. Well, you know, when you have a company that has 80,000 items, uh, then you got to come up with 80,000 retail prices. And so there's a thousands and thousands of decisions to make in a retail chain of how many goes into each door. And so what we try to do is find a simple way to do all of this sort of stuff. Otherwise, it's just too complex. So we're always searching for simple ways, and sometimes they're not perfect, but they're better than perfect because we have a simple way of doing things. Mm. So sometimes simple trumps 
perfect, and most of the time it does. Well, we need more simplicity. Uh, life is, is pretty complex. Uh, David, I especially like your principle of going at it with all of your might, whatever you do. You know, that's, that's, that's just scripture. The Bible says whatever your hands finds to do, just do it to the very, very best you can. And certainly when you apply that to what you do in your work, which you consider to be more of a ministry than a family business, it certainly applies everywhere, but certainly when you're talking about ministry. David, can you give us uh, an example of what implementing some of these principles looks like in the halls of Hobby Lobby? Yeah, for me as a CEO, I have a lot of officers and I've delegated and they do their job and I don't need to do a lot what, they, what they're doing. And so it's really exciting to me to get into the weeds and that's what I do so often in different categories. And most recently I spent over a week just working with ribbon, how many different sizes there are, how many kind of makes are there, and how many different colors are. There's literally thousands and thousands, and someone has to come together along with a great buyer and put together the exact perfect, as, as best possible uh, selection for the customer. And that takes a tremendous amount of thought and labor and work, but I love to get into the weeds and do something like this. So I work six days a week, including Saturdays, because I love to do this. I tell my wife on Saturdays, hey, if you ever get bored, feel like a, you're a widow, call me, I'll come home. I don't have to be here, but I really, really have fun getting in the weeds and down into the, to, to the very, I don't care whether it's scissors. I might spend a whole week just working on scissors because six different <laughs> departments have scissors. This buyer's doing this, this buyer's doing that. But how, how do we know we're doing it right and have the right scissors and buying them from the right places? So I thank God that I have the time, even as CEO, to get into the weeds on a lot of different categories, and it's really a lot of fun. Well, th these 12 principles are all great, but I think, you've, uh, I think you've forgotten a key 13th principle, which is start the Christmas season early. What do you think? <laughs> well, you have to because you're slow as we are. You have to start early. And by the way, <laughs> our customer does a lot of arts and crafts and makes things up, so right. we, ha we have to do it. It takes time. And we have people that hate us because of that, and we also have people that says we're too slow. So we ha it comes both ways. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.